the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comedy Zone Podcast for the week of December 19th. 2020 we're almost finished with this dumpster fire of a year uh <laughs> another week on by here we are back again with the always dashing and overworked brian baltashevitz stop it, stop it. <laughs> how, how are, are you, you specimen how you doing i'm good jason how are you uh man i am just at the top of my game <laughs> we're a uh, uh a week away from christmas isn't that exciting is your it's, shopping all done uh yeah we did it all on amazon so we were done we are garage i can't park in my garage anymore you're a communist it's, it's you're <laughs> all amazon amazon boxes you're you're i got 50 percent of my shopping is done but i only buy presents for myself so <laughs> um yeah I, mean, I'm, I am i'm excited for christmas this year and we should say um will jacobs has his hands full with work life a new kid uh, this eagle season and so on <laughs> So we, uh, we hope to see uh, him back and hear him back uh, soon. Yeah. And uh, Brian, we, let's not waste any time. I'm super excited about who we have with us Absolutely. this week. Um, uh, this is like uh, a special, hilarious Christmas miracle guest we have with us. This man has been on everything from Comic View to TV shows on Showtime, feature films with uh, Jamie Foxx, Sylvester Stallone, one of the funniest comics that I've ever had the pleasure of work with. Sean Jones is here on the Comic Zone podcast. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys, man? I'm going to have to make sure that check I wrote you clear, man, because you really gave me a nice intro. I thought that was my obituary for a second. Got a brother excited. I almost sat up in my casket. Hey, that's not that's not the first intro I've given you, too, man. I've that's right. We do this all the time. It's good to see you. You're, you need to have a middle initial. Your, your middle name should be like Fred or something, so I can call you JFK. That's what right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's what your middle name. That's and Brian got like one that. of those names over there. His last name is like a a, 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 a liquor, some kind of liquor <laughs> that an old black man would drink. Say his last name again. Walter Shevitz. See, that, don't that sound like something you get drunk on a Friday with? <laughs> Manischewitz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and here that's I am, the black guy with the regular old name, Sean Jones. Simple. <laughs> I love it. We were just talking about Christmas. Uh, what was, uh, see, for me, I got, I'm getting nostalgic this year because it's been such an awful year. I'm leaning into it. And right, right. You know, big Christmas at my grandparents' house. I got the big bowl of nuts, nutcrackers, cheese boards, liquor, like we were just talking right. about. What's, what's so you got the nuts jumping? at your grandmother's house, you're saying? Oh, yeah. Is that what you said? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, thirsty family. Um, <laughs> what was, what's Christmas like at, at the Jones residence? It's exciting, man. Honestly, it's like a dual Christmas. Uh, you know, I'm in Charlotte, uh, came here because, uh, you know, uh, me and the wife wasn't eye to eye. So I'm in Charlotte, but now everything is cool, man. So it's kind of cool. I go back and forth to Charleston. I spend a little time there, spend a little time here. Um, I'm spending time with my boys this Christmas. I don't have my daughter, but I'm spending time with my boys. So it's a boys Christmas. So I'm decorating here as well as at the house, man. So it's, it's a really cool Christmas. Um, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm, and as we speak, I'm decorating the uh, Christmas tree. I got a little glitter on my shirt. Um, not to be sure. not to be confused with the glitter on my other shirts. <laughs> my bullshit detector was going there, man. I don't yeah. like to clarify. I know. I know. <laughs> like I, like now, how do you guys... How do y'all do Christmas? Now, do you do, I mean, people mix it up. They do like one present Christmas Eve, all presents uh, Christmas morning. Like, what do y'all do? I rewrap shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you open it the night. <laughs> well, I give them stuff from last year. My kids aren't too smart. So I just kind of re-gift. It's a re-gift to the same person. Like, I, I, got, I didn't know, how do you know I wanted this? Because it was in your closet. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're, uh, 
honestly, I got the coolest kids, man. They don't really ask for much. You know, we kind of bless them during the year and they're just, you know, they're just grateful kids that they really don't ask for much. My, my oldest son, my son is nine. My oldest son is 19 and my youngest son is seven and my daughter is 21. So really, um, uh, all I give them are bills that I accumulated over the years. <laughs> You're like experiencing all the different sort of sections of life yeah. with your kids there. You got them. Uh, that's awesome, man. Good for you. Exactly. Yeah. I like, that's I like really a big cool. family, man. You got, you got a bunch of kids and stuff so that I, I can definitely sort of uh, relate to that. I'm the youngest of five and, and right. I love it. You know, I'm like, I'm 11 years apart from my sister, who's, who's the oldest. And I, I, I think wow. it's, we have a great relationship. I was say, right. like, when you get to a certain age, like my parents are my friends. My dad's about my best friend that I have. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's cool. That's cool, man. You, you know, he's 19. You guys get to hang out. And yeah. Yeah. Xbox is a PlayStation and all that shit. Well, my 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 seven year old, he's like Fortnite junkie. Like, I mean, we got to put him in Fortnite rehab right now <laughs> and uh so he's definitely ps4 possibly ps5 if his mother spoils him enough this christmas and my son my oldest son he was uh he was ps4 for a while but he kind of laid off because he's cool now he got a girlfriend and he works now so you know he doesn't have it he doesn't have those same privileges anymore because you got to work in my house bro you gonna sit around <laughs> if anybody playing games it's me my name is on the lease. Your son I'm behind in rent, but my name is on the lease until they put us out. Your son is more mature than most comics that we know, actually. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Including myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was definitely including myself in that. Right. Uh, right. Right. Well, that's that's exciting, and we'll kind of get to the new year and what's coming. But you know. Now's the time where we reflect on the year a lot of times, right? We get in December, we think about what the year held. And this year is, you know, it's a bit of a nightmare. I mean, how, well, on a personal level, on a community level, like, how did you handle the pandemic? Well, honestly, you know, for me, you know, I'm in a different state of mind. You know, I always say, if you want to change your surrounding in your life, you have to change your mindset first. So I really didn't look at 2020 as as devastating as a lot of people looked at it. I looked at it as a year for me to reset regroup and take a, a real look and assessment of myself and look at the things that I was lacking and try to make better on those things. Financially, it was challenging, but at the same time with make, you know, keeping a certain mindset, not becoming defeated, um, I was able to get through it. You know, a lot of times we think uh, there's so much stuff that we need. And as you get through it, you realize you didn't really need those things as much. So I kind of like, I, I can't really say I weathered the storm. Fortunately, you know, I, I've had shows since the pandemic. Um, I just, I've just taken it as a, a year of resetting and, 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 you know, having the opportunity to what they say, a second chance, I guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've done a lot this year, man. I've done a lot. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, that was like a wonderful life right there. You're, you, that's, that's who you are, man. You're a positive spin guy, at least by being uh, and I think that's why, you know, we get along. And I think that, that yes. you know, we get to hang out like that because I'd like to, to, to see things as opportunities, kind of kind of like you're saying. And that's I have to assume that's where some of your success comes from is being able to to assess, to evaluate something, not overreact to it, see what's the positive thing right. to take from it was uh, like when you got into comedy, like your origin story. I mean, did you. Did you come straight out of the gate going and doing comedy or were you, did you go a different route and fall into it? How did it work? It's amazing. I never wanted to be a comedian. You know, of course, I, I, I loved comedy. Um, I had a lot of friends who were comedians. I grew up in Jersey. So, uh, matter of fact, the first black owned comedy club, uh, one of two, one was on the West Coast, uh, was in, in Newark, New Jersey, where I grew up. And I frequent that, which was called Terminal D, uh, downtown Newark. And I, you know, I knew a lot of comics from that, um, but I was in corporate America. I wanted to climb the corporate corporate ladder. Um, I wasn't happy. There was something that was missing. And um, I, I came down, I came to South Carolina with my sister and her family because she said how great it was down there. And I'm surprised I still speak to her to this moment. Uh, <laughs> but it was horrible. It was horrible to come from Jersey to come to <laughs> South Carolina, man. It was just like a culture shock. It's not that I haven't been in the South prior to that, but it was just like the area that we were living in was just so rural and just boring as hell, you know, but um, 
they brought it was a comedy tour that came through, man. And some of my friends that I had known for so many years, from JB Smooth to uh, just a lot of the comics that are you know really successful wow. now, they came through. And one comedian was like, you know, close friend of mine, he was like, man, you should try comedy, you know, because at that time, you know, black comedy was uh, was, you know, deaf comedy jam was big. Comic view was big and all the dressing. So I always wore suits and stuff. And it was just that was the whole, you know, uh, that's what everybody was doing on on these on the black comedy shows. And I was just witty. And he was like, man, you should try it. And I took a comedy workshop and my first show was the last time. Uh, until this past until this pandemic i hadn't worked a regular job in in 27 years no so, yeah because it was crazy because i got laid off from this uh, i was doing cold calling for state farm trying to sell people uh. insurance over the phone <laughs> and and so cool the guy you know uh rj washington he laid me off and i got unemployment so while i was learning the comedy game i was receiving unemployment sort of like right now <laughs> the more things change, the more right. Yeah, yeah, it's right. funny how life is a circle. Life is but, definitely but, a circle. But again, that's that's right there. That's you pivoting in it from a, a place where a lot of people would kind of shut down and and you know not fall apart, but say I got to get back into it and and freak out and whatever. And you took right. you saw that as an opportunity. Now I have time to make some money. I'm going to do something that's also yeah. fun. Um, so you start so you start doing like open mics or you start. I mean, how do you do it? What Once again, doing? the fortunate part, uh, comedy, black comedy was at its height during these years. You talk about 93, 94, uh, 19 for those uh, millennials out there, 19, <laughs> not 18. But uh, yeah, at 90, 93, 94, it, you know, black comedy was at its height. And, and, and fortunately, there was a, a tour called the Creative Tour, which the comedy Comedy Zone ran back then, um, and it went from it started in Virginia and it went all the way through Tennessee. It was like a two week tour, and I, you know, at that time I was staying in Charleston, um, so there was a comedy night. I started hosting the Charleston room, and then the same promoter that did the Charleston room did the Monday night in Augusta, Georgia. So we would drive from Charleston to Augusta every Monday, and I would host that room. So you're talking about I was in front of 150 to 200 people every single Sunday and Monday. So I got my chops. You know, I got I I got the rhythm really quick. Yeah, I got I got I got thrown in the game, you know, like really, really quick. You know, Um, that. So, man, that I, I I love to hear that. I didn't I didn't necessarily have that experience. I mean, I hustled to get every room that I got. Right, but right. That, that is amazing, and it makes sense when I see you in every single room that you're in. You just you eat their lunch, man. You are all over them all the time. That's I have to assume that's coming from from you know cutting your teeth in, in rooms like that and and being thrown right. into it, it's being like, all right, go be funny, be entertaining right now. Right. Yeah. Because honestly, you know, it's it's always been said that you know. Black audiences are, are kind of more difficult to entertain than a, what we call a mainstream audience. You know, you got to bring it when you, you know, especially when you're first man out the gate, you're starting the show. you got to bring it, man. You got you got a few minutes to get your get your feet set. And if you don't, we're going to run you out of here. So it was it was the fact of, you know, being thrown into a situation where you put up or shut up type mm-hmm. of deal that kind of. And I guess I've always had that 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 mannerism when walking to the stage that as soon as I get there, I got to put up a shut up, mm-hmm. you know? So I've been told like I come out the gate and the whole, you know, the whole energy of the room changes. And it's just something that I don't try to do. It's just in me now. And yeah. I guess it has to go back to those early days of hosting that uh, made me that way. You know, that's kind of a, been a somewhat of a common theme uh, on the podcast that we talk about doing, you know, doing those rooms versus, you know, the, your, your regular sort of, club room, wherever it might be, you know, performing for black audiences. And you say that they're just a different animal. They're a little bit more challenging and they're a little harder on you. I think you said, why do you think that is? I just think, I just think that, you know, it's just a mindset because in, you know, growing up, we played the dozens, you know, it was, you know, when you walk into a playground or when you walk into a group of people, you had to be ready because you were going to be made fun of or you're going to either cry or you're going to get in the trenches. And I think black audiences and like I said, with Def Comedy Jam, they had started to see these comics who had five minutes to put up a shut up. So it was like in your face, quick pace. 
So they kind of got used to that rhythm and it, it, it carried over into the nightclubs. And I just think, you know, that's just the way it Because it's like, and I'm going to tell you, black people like, if I give you money, bro, you better give me what I want back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, black people are like, you better make me laugh. White people are like, come on, we're here to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, come on. Like, come on. Like, we trust the club. We trust them. They, they, they <laughs> did their research and they found some entertaining gentlemen and, 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 and young ladies that's going to come out here and entertain the black black. I gave you my money. You better do something with it. I'm busting somebody's ass. That's the way that they look at it. Uh, and I, I will say, because I, you know, I don't, I like to think that I can go in with confidence anywhere that I go. So I, right. I don't usually balk at, at any room I go into, and I think I've had some success uh, in those rooms as well. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear that because I feel like I sort of, I like to, you know, rise to that occasion as well. So. Right? Yeah, you do, uh, man. You real funny dude, man. And I'm not no, saying that because you're on here, man. But they, you know, you always been my dude. You know that. And yeah, absolutely, man. You've been you on the show. I appreciate. Yeah, and I love the fact that you know. Uh, Brian, just in case you don't know, if, 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 if Jason ever invites you out to lunch or some kind of meal, make sure you do your research first. This, <laughs> see, once again, wow, this, it didn't take long. This didn't yeah, take I long. I had to go yeah, there, yeah, bro. I'm still thawing out from that damn night. <laughs> so shit. he invites us to, you know, he, uh, me and Jess was, uh, we went to, uh, we went to a restaurant. Yeah. And we let Jason pick it, and we think it's a nice for us. It's a pretty, it's a frosty evening. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> a frosty. A little cold that night. That's right. For black people, it was cold as hell. <laughs> for white people, it was a uh, cargo short night. But uh, <laughs> so we get to the restaurant, and we, we're sitting outside, right? Because it's, it's pandemic. It's COVID, right? So we, we're not allowed inside, which I'm used to anyway, but not being allowed inside. <laughs> But wow. <laughs> little black humor there. Oh, he's so entertaining. So entertaining. No, so 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 uh uh what's my Jesse, right? Uh, Jonathan, yeah, yeah, Jonathan. John, yeah, jo uh, who the hell's Jesse? Yeah, uh, we didn't know him. So he and I were we're sitting there, right? And Jason comes in late. So, you know, we think we're going inside to eat. So I got on like a jacket, but it's chilly. I have no gloves, I have no hat. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan has no hat, no gloves, and here comes here comes Frosty the damn snowman. Here comes the little boy that licked the pole. No, the, here comes a little boy from uh, the Christmas story. Yeah, he got, you know all when the snowsuit on and and, yeah, and I got multiple jackets, scarves, hats, gloves. And I order a hot toddy. <laughs> right. I got a hot toddy not because I'm sick, because I need something to to warm yeah. me up. I'm ready to do a Daffy Duck and swallow some gasoline and some matches and some bullets <laughs> just to blow myself up to keep warm. But no, oh it was, my God. That's so it was cool, day. though. It was a cool night. It was a cold night, but it was a cool night. Yeah, it was a fun night. We got yeah. to catch up after you got you guys went and did that run down to South Carolina. And uh, yeah. yeah, they asked about, you know, let's go somewhere they have, we can sit outside and get some heaters. And yeah, this yeah. place didn't really have much. So yeah. Well, Jason didn't mind. I was fine. I don't know what really the problem was. So, all right. So you go from uh, how do you how do you really get out to travel? Now you started this, uh, you know, going on this tour and, and hosting in South Carolina. I mean, what's next? What, how do you how do you get over that hump that that you know? Obviously, your story is a little bit different because of the time and the era and stuff. And right, right. What, what like what's next for you? When, when do you get into acting? Like I I don't really know how that happened. Well. Uh, this is a cool story that I, I, I just, every time I think about it, I, I, I thank God for the opportunity. Um, I had a manager at the time, this was years ago, uh, Chris DePetta, who is Billy Gardell's manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was my manager and he decided to set up a showcase, uh, in Los Angeles at the world famous improv on Melrose. So he took about, I think it was about mm, 18 comics or something like that, that he took it, it might have been less than that, but it was it was far it was more than ten comics or so. I, I would say maybe about fifteen. Let's say fifteen. Um, and it was a showcase, and he invited all these agents and people in L.A. Uh, what's her name? That uh, the wrestler that died. Uh, what's the what's the chick? The manly, the burly white girl um, wrestler. Forgive me, I don't uh, I'm not sure I know. I, I can't remember her name, but anyway, uh, yeah. she was there. So it was like people there, and but the turnout wasn't as great as they thought it was going to be, um, they had about 25 people in the audience. So everybody was just like, ah, this is a wasted trip. Um, 
you know, so we went on and we had like, I don't know exactly know how much time we had on stage, but once again, coming from that put up a shut up era that I came up in when it was my opportunity to go on. Happy Cole was on the show. I remember Happy Cole was on there, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, and so when it was my turn to go on, I went on as if it was 250 people there instead of 25. Smart. I did my act. I brought the energy. And the next day, I, I you know, a friend of mine, Tony Tone, uh, drove was driving me to LAX to come back. Come back to I was living in Atlanta. To come back to Atlanta, and uh, Chris called me. He said, "Hey man, what are you doing?" I said, uh, "Tony's on, you know, driving me to the airport." He said, "Really?" He said, "Turn around." I said, "Why would I turn around?" He said, "Because." <laughs> Because there was an agent in the audience last night and they love what you did. They want to meet with you right now. So I, I we turned the car around and we went to <laughs> the SAG building on, on Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, and I met with uh, Amsel Eisenstadt and Frazier at the time, which was uh, uh, which was Man. Martin Lawrence's first agent. Wow. And, okay. Yeah. And um, they said, we want to sign you. If you move out here to L.A., we want to wow. sign you. And I moved to L.A., they signed me and they sent me on uh, auditions. And that was my first movie audition that I went for, uh, which was a movie called Shade with Jamie Foxx and Sylvester Stallone, Tandy Newton. Uh, Stuart oh, I love T- Tandy Newton. That's fantastic. Yeah. I got Tandy kissed me on the cheek in the movie. Yeah. But know. that they cut that out. But it's, it's, it's hanging above my bed. <laughs> It'd be over mine, too. I can understand. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I got it edited like one of our clothes are off in the in the in the picture, but I won't tell you who. But uh, <laughs> but no, it was uh uh uh, uh was uh, Mark Boone from Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. He was in there, and wow. and um, I went for the audition. And the coolest part about it, um, I had a great acting coach. I had uh, uh LL Cool J and Jamie Fo- uh not uh, uh Jennifer Lopez's acting coach was my coach, mm-hmm. Aaron Spicer, and he really helped me you know, really get this acting game down. So when I went to this audition and I always tell people this part wasn't even for a black guy because I was the only black guy in there besides one other guy that who was an actor that I'd seen on a lot of stuff. We were the only two black actors in there. Everybody else is white guys. And I just, I just went there with a confidence and I, I got that role and it was just so, it was amazing, man. And I'm so, I'm still thinking, this was like 2004, 2003 and I'm still, and awe and grateful for that moment and the right. opportunity. Yeah, you have that, man. That's, you know, I've always, always taught that in your experiences, whatever you do, those are just gold nuggets. That experience, what you earned, what you got is a gold nugget. No one will ever take it from you. You have that. Exactly. You can exactly. look back on it and uh, man, that's amazing. I, I, I hope for a similar experience. I think we all do. And uh, that, that confidence sounds like that's, that's where that came from, you know? Yeah, I think confidence is, is what carries us uh, a long way in this business because when you you can have the best material and i tell i tell new comics this when i do my comedy workshops i tell them you can have the best material in the world but if you don't have the confidence it's useless it's meaningless you know um because a lot of if you listen to a lot of comics you know i wouldn't say a lot but if you listen to some comics their material isn't that my you know like groundbreaking like myself i don't have the most thought-provoking i'm far different than dave Chappelle. You know, my 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 comedy isn't thought provoking. It's but it's I'm confident when I go up there and and believe it or not, audiences can see your confidence level, your lack of confidence or your you, yeah. you, the confidence that you bring to the stage. So yeah, like like the like the lens, you know, the com- audiences don't lie. I mean, they they know right. they're subconscious about what you're doing. And and I you know, that's something that I don't that's one of those things when they talk in comedy from my sort of newer sort of experience perspective is you can't fast forward that. You can't right. shoot that. You have to get on stage. That's your stage time. That's where that confidence comes from. You know, you know? exactly. Uh, and speaking of shade, that's funny. There's a there's one there's a scene right there. Me and well, Mark. Is that Boone, right? I hey, I don't know if you can see it. That's me and yeah, Mark from Sons of Anarchy, right? Yeah, there. I know yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy for sure. Yeah, no, it's awesome. That's my buddy, man. Well, I, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize I had it. I can't show you me and Tandy because that's above my bed. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> really. I'll come see that one of these days. I'll pop up right. and we'll do that. Exactly. Uh, man, that is awesome. And you didn't you just do something recently, or is that something you're not allowed to talk about? Oh yeah, no, that was that's been that's been. As a matter of fact, someone uh, sent me a, a Instagram uh, post yesterday that basically said, "Hey, I'm sitting here watching television. Guess what's on?" And it's they run this this show. 
I wish I got a check every time they ran this show. Yeah. But they did a buyout. They gave me money up front. They didn't give me no uh, more money. But uh, it's called Your Worst Nightmare, which is a, a television show on IDTV. I was a, I was a, a Jacksonville deputy sheriff that was investigating a murder. Uh, this was a challenging role. This was yeah. one of the most Yeah, it was a really, really great role. And it also was the role that made me lose weight. I'm down to 209. <laughs> I'm in the gym every single day. <laughs> I'm eating egg whites and fruits and stuff oh, and nuts and berries because of this show when I was literally a fat ass cop. <laughs> a fat ass cop. Uh. Oh man, I have a similar experience of a show, of a movie that did not come out yet. We shot it this past summer. I saw myself and I was like, "You fat piece of shit!" Yeah, this <laughs> exactly, is it. This dude. Is you little bowling ball. God damn it! That was. Uh... And it was so crazy for me. It was that this this one scene. Uh, what I had to like the, the the couple was missing and I had to go to their house and investigate. So I knocked on the door and of course the door was open because that's the way they write every script where you knock on the door and it just, it eerie, it opens up eerily. Oh, so I'm like, hello, anybody yeah. here? Like I'm a black cop going into a white house. I'm walking in with my gun out. I've seen that horror movie. The black guy always died first. Yeah. So I'm walking in there and like they have where the, it's like a wide angle shot so you see my entire body, and when I and I walk pat, I'm walking through the um, the foyer, and man, all you can see is my stomach coming across there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. look at this fat bastard. Oh, and I'm like, God. it was off. I was like, and then I go in the kitchen, and there's food on the stove. Now this is the dumbest thing. I'm sorry, they made me do this. When you watch it, I didn't think to do it. So there's food now. Mind you, this couple's been missing for about four or five days. I'm assuming. So there's food, there's spaghetti that ha they had started cooking. And I, I pick up a piece of celery and I just, you know, kind of, and I go to the pot of spaghetti sauce and I smell it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why the hell do I smell five-day-old uh, pasta, pasta yeah. uh, sauce on the damn stove? That's some nasty stuff, man. Is your character just a really bad cop? A, he's a dumbass cop. He's a dumb, cop. dumb <laughs> bad ass cop. Uh, that's you know what? That's a perfect perfect place to take a break. I think. Um, on perfect, yeah, I'm gonna smell some sauce. I'm gonna go. Everyone, go smell some sauce for a minute. <laughs> Refresh your drinks. We will be right back with Sean Jones, Brian Baltashevitz, and the Comedy Zone podcast. We'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your in-person or virtual appointment today at orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Zone podcast. Uh, Jason Allen King, Brian Baltashevitz, the the I drink. love that name. You can have, that. Uh, you can have it. <laughs> drink that this it. Christmas and just get get all tuned up. And uh, we are here with uh, our very special Christmas miracle, Sean Jones, the very funny and hysterical Sean Jones. We were talking about how you uh, you took your comedy career, you started getting into acting, you've done some some big films. Uh, and is that something that's still like on your radar? I mean, you know, you've got twenty some years of of comedy experience. I mean, where, where do you go next when you do that kind of a show? Where do you go from there? Yeah, I love, I love acting. I love comedy. Comedy is still my first love. I, I uh, was hoping that in January, we we're going to try to film a comedy special, but things didn't pan out right. Um, even with the pandemic, we we're going to do like a social distancing type of comedy special. You know, it was a big theater that we were trying to film it at. Um, but I really am eager to get back into the acting. You know, I, I love acting, um, you know, and I kind of put it, not really put it on hold. Um, 
but I just, I kind of like let it fall to the wayside uh, mm-hmm. with moving different places. So now I'm, I'm hope, hopefully established here for a little while. Um, well, you've been, I mean, you literally bounce around the country as a headliner and you have for many, many years. I've, I've always wondered how a lot of these guys do it. How, how are you, how do you headline and also do these other things? I've also been a, a full proponent of doing as many, get your hand in as many things as possible. You know, get on social media, do all that kind of stuff, act as much as you can do I don't right. care, improv, whatever it is. And you seem to be that person, but you've also are a guy, you're probably working 40 weeks out of the year on a regular year, you know, yeah. headlining these places. So, uh, yeah, I imagine that's a challenging thing. Like, how do you balance that? Like, and well, did more comedy. Well, you know what? It's, it's like. And, and honestly, I have to say that a lot of it has to do with wifey. You know, she always said, she was like, you know, I know you love comedy, but there's so many different, there's so many different things of, of show business that you can also touch, you know? And, and I just, I, and, and, and she's been on me for a long time and I knew it myself, but you know, it, it can be done. Like I really, you know, I, I, I want to do more. I, I was doing comedy writing. I used to, I was writing for a television show that was in development when I was in LA in uh, acting, you know, still doing stand up, um, I, I script writing, you know, uh, just behind the camera, just doing, it's, it's a, you can organize your life well enough because now the fortunate part is that you can take a lot of the stuff on the road with you. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of guys are doing the, you know, traveling, doing stand up, but during the day they're, they're writing scripts for television shows and, and they're doing podcasts like yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and just doing uh, different things because, you know, you got so many hours in the day that you can, you know, kind of use c- constructively. Right. I mean, most of the hours of the day, that, that's something I'm constantly pushing. And, and I don't think I write nearly enough myself, but I think I, do. I, I am busy with it. It's the cheapest of all the art forms. You just yeah. need a piece of paper and a pencil, you know, if you're 105. Yeah. But I mean, if you're, you know, <laughs> right, right. you could also just type it out. Like that's, that's the easiest of the things that we could do. So why we're not right. all doing it is a bit of a mystery. Right. right? Because how many, t- how lo- how many times in the hotel room can you masturbate in one day? I mean, it's like, I'm, well, interested in. Wait, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to answer that? Because I can give you a high number. I can give you a high number. It's higher than my credit score. I tell you that. Nah, you know, yeah, it's, it's, and then you're talking about writing. You talk, you know, you said, you know, I'm old school, man. I got, I, I just bought some uh, composition pads, the yeah. tablets. And um, yeah, I got to write it. I got to old school write it. It's just, it's, I feel as though it, it keeps me connected to what it is that I'm writing versus mm-hmm. typing it out. It doesn't feel as pure. It doesn't feel as, you know, it's, it's kind of like Rocky, you know, uh, and I kind of got away from writing. I'm trying to get back into writing because you remember the, 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 the steps that Rocky took in each one. The very last one, he went back to his grassroots when he was running the street. Yeah. He started hitting meat again. Are we talking about masturbation again? He started hitting <laughs> meat again. Chasing his chicken around. I get it. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, you know what I mean? He went back to the yeah. grassroots that all started it all. And I just think that that, that kind of grounds you and level you out when you kind of go back to what actually got you to where you are today. You yeah. know, so I just love writing. Yeah, I actually, uh, I subscribe to that partially because of, I don't think I have the best memory. So when it comes to, and I'm a, I'm a joke writer, like I write it and then I say what I write, you know, I'm not, I'll go a little bit off from there, but uh, so to me, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm typing it out and then I'm writing it out. And when I write it, it feels a little, like I said, feels a little bit different. I get a different aspect to it. I mean, playing music even, like you go into different rooms, it's a different feel in those rooms. You'll get a different feel. You'll get a different sort of of a thing in your head in those different places, right outside, right outside, right, right in your kitchen, right in the living room. Like it's all a little bit different. It's kind of interesting to hear you say that you, you like yeah. to do that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I do. I, I'm trying to get more into that because I've kind of gotten, uh, you know, I'm like, not unlike you, I go off the cuff a lot. So I, I come up with a lot of material and a lot of times I might have something new and I, I become lazy where I don't write it and I lose a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. because I don't write it. And that's why I'm trying to get back to those basics that I had uh, back in the day where I wrote everything down, you know, at least. Yeah. To get, yeah. I watch you, I watch you perform 
quite often. And like the, the style, I think I would, it's shock and awe is what is your style <laughs> of comedy. I'm a military as dude. Soon, <laughs> as soon as you get up there, it is just everyone back, they go back in their seat because of what just happened. Like, and I'm not saying you're loud, I'm saying you're funny and you are just one after the other. You don't let people have a chance to breathe. They are just like that, the pedals down for the whole show. And I wonder how, that's got to be 20 plus years of experience and a wealth of, of just uh, of comedy sort of over all those years that could come out at any time. Or right. do you have like a set you know you're going to do and then you just run off from that? I mean, you just seem like you could literally do four hours a show if you wanted to. Well, I'll do the same, same uh, hour for four hours in different languages. And- <laughs> So wow. they will never know. That is impressive. I'll tell you but, what. Being that I don't know any other language but broken English. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, uh, see, and I got ADD, so I probably wouldn't get through. No, I do. I do have a set, uh, a set set. Um, but one thing, as I get older in this game, and as I and I tell comics, new comics, once again in my workshop, I say you're going to find different you use i don't mean use like like joe pesci but you will find different different uh aspects of yourself as you as the years go by like you will find yourself doing things differently like there was a point where i would leave the microphone in the stand there was a point where i would move around now i'm at the point where i like to sit on the stool and kind of like make it like a conversation um for a long time it's been in that that fast pace in your face but now i'm trying to slow it down where I want to talk about, I want people to leave their uh, feeling as if they, they kind of got a part of me, you know, to know, you know, what my experiences have been for the last 27 years or 50 years, you know, my life, what it consists of, because that's what, honestly, that's what Hollywood develops shows out of, you mm-hmm. know, the, uh, uh, Tim Allen, you know, it was based on the fact that this handyman, you kind of felt as though you knew who he was. When Bill Cosby talked about his son running downstairs with, you know, or his daughter running downstairs with soap, and that was the first episode of the com- of the Cosby show. And the last episode was when he put a roofie in. No, that was a, that was, that, they cut that one out. I'm sorry, that one was cut Did out. They, they cut that one out? That's weird. They cut that one out. That's in the editing room. But no, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's what a lot of people... People, I mean, it's cool to be funny and just observant. And, but I, I just now, just the different experiences that I've been through, it's like a lot of stuff I'm leaving on the, on the floor that I should be putting out there. So I'm kind of like trying to find a way to re, reinvent myself. All right. So that's a really interesting thing. So I, I have said this before where, you know, I think that for a long time, I think we're just trying to figure out how to be funny, right? Right. I just right. think that's part of it. just figuring out what is funny, how to be funny, how to take something that isn't funny, make it funny, whatever. But you just said something there. There's a certain maturity to where you're at now where you say, just because I can make them laugh, that isn't always going to be the point, right? Right. You want to be able right. to make them laugh and also give them, a, like you said, give them a little bit of yourself so they get to know right. you. It's a more a more intimate sort of relationship with the audience. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's very, I think that's very interesting. That's something that I'm sort of, kind of hear a little bit more and more and you right. say you do a workshop yeah i put it on hold once once again i i've, I've dropped the ball i was doing a comedy workshop where i was going to different cities like you know when i was like say if i was in uh greenville like i did it in greenville south carolina um i would uh actually during a saturday afternoon i would do a comedy workshop for the local comedians they would pay a small fee because brother don't do nothing for free uh but you know i'm not very good at it right yeah, right. I would do like a two and a half hour workshop. Wow. And yeah. And um, it it picked up, you know, I was doing it quite frequently because there's, a, you know, unfortunately, a lot of new comedians are learning based on looking at YouTube stuff and thinking that they they have it all down packed and they're forming a lot of bad habits. Because when I started, you know, you had a bad habit. You had to hold the comic pool and say, hey, man, let me holler at you when you came off stage. And they will correct you and, and they don't have that. And I'm just watching some of these guys like, God, you got awful habits, you know, and uh, you start out with bad habits. They're going to carry with you. You know, the, again, you bring it up with these great points because that sounds awesome. I, I kind of wish more headliners would do that. That's kind of a uh, yeah. that's really interesting. You know, you get different people that come through town that 
maybe some comics kind of speak to you more than others. It might be interesting to get some one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with them. Anyway, I digress there. What do you think has changed in comedy that that, that mentorship of whether it's the club or the individual doesn't pull the people aside and say, hey, do, do this differently. Maybe it hasn't changed. Maybe maybe there's just sometimes it's not that way. I mean, is accessibility to, to comedians changed? Is just the game just changed too much? Like, what do you think? The game has changed. And basically, you and, and I think you and I have spoken about this. I know a lot of us comics, we have this conversation. The game has changed from, I'm not interested in your talent. I'm interested in your social media numbers. Mm -hmm. So you can be less talented and you'd be less challenged, you know, on the stage now, social media, that's a whole nother beast. And I, and, I, and I kind of, this is a conversation I recently had too about older comics basically saying that these new way, these new millennial comics have an easier road to travel, which I don't feel as though that's true because having to create content on the regular basis and have millions of people buy into that and follow you, that's very challenging. And a lot of us haven't done, you know, as an older comic. So, but as far as like the traditional standup and, and once again, taking, it's different to be able to put something together, edit it down and make it look nice when you can't do that when you're live on stage, you right. can't edit yourself on stage. So that being said, they don't have those techniques that will help them develop themselves correctly uh, on a comedy stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm with you. I, and I don't want to be a, a sort of a sympathizer to a business when, 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 Comics are held to a certain standard of integrity. I think the venue should be held to a standard of integrity. So when I hear the argument that, hey, I, I got bills to pay, it's like, okay, but, you know, there, I think there needs to be a, a middle ground there that, that clubs need to, need to walk. I appreciate bringing a YouTuber in, you know, who's going to sell a weekend out, but, you know, let's fill in those other dates. Because it, it's enough for everyone. There's, a, there's enough room for everybody, that's right. Yeah. And I think if we really wanna know, you know, the YouTubers who are these, you know, getting millions and millions of hits, it's like, all right, I saw them this year, what, are they gonna be back next year? Right. Are they gonna be back in two years? I think longevity is going to, is the true metric on whether or not they got the talent and, and mm -hmm. the staying power, you know? Right, and as a smart club owner, it's just as my own personal opinion, why not take those seasoned comics that has kept you open for the last 20 years and incorporate them with the millennium, with the, with the internet comics that are doing very well, because now you have a packed house and you're, and you're getting entertainment to these people the same way. So it's not like, you know, people like, wow, I saw this guy on the internet and I just paid $50 to see him in person. It was horrible. At least, you know, you have a seasoned comic that can come in there and say, well, the guy on the internet, you know, wasn't, you know, maybe he wasn't as entertaining, but the show overall was was great. And at the same time, somebody like myself, be like, hey, man, you know, when you do this, you do that. Because there was a there were a couple of um, um, Internet comics that I kind of went on the road with and I kind of mentored them a little bit, say, hey, you know, you might want to do this. This is what you have to do. And it, I felt as though it kind of helped them understand the, the sure. state. Suddenly so, that's mutually beneficial. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So the club, the club can still because it's not costing them more. Because most of these guys, they're giving them, uh, they're giving them the door, you know, to make their money. So you still have some chunk change to give to us seasoned comics that you don't give a shit about anymore. You know what I mean? We're still yeah. here, you know. Okay. And uh, but yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's it sounds like a perfect world, but if that were the case, we wouldn't be in the middle of a pandemic if it was all yeah. done correctly. No, that's right. No, it's it's fascinating stuff to talk about, and not, none of which we're gonna necessarily going to solve here but i do like the idea of pairing pairing somebody like that who just frankly maybe these these you know we're just throwing the term youtubers out there maybe they want to be good and right. they're just not there yet and they they have a platform and they were trying to capitalize on that success far be it for me to stop them from trying to do it exactly. let's just not let's just try not to take away the space that was for people who've been working at a craft that's, that's just earned it. They're doing that's it, earned it, it. Yep. Right. and earn it every day and, and the time and energy they put into it. Whereas some of these people, I think, just say, well, I'll just do what I did on there and it doesn't translate. So, um, right. you know, I'm certainly not going to appease some of these folks, but um, anyway, so you mentioned before too, uh, and I've seen this, uh, you are an especially uh, approachable uh, headliner to young comedians to to 
any level of, of comedian, like, like myself. I'm not brand right. new, but I'm certainly not a, you know, I'm not a 20 year vet or anything like that. What, but you're what, seasoned. I'm, I'm, I am spicy. That's right. I'm yeah, seasoned. You are. You're a spicy little <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, so you're generous with your time. Why? Uh, this is going to be, it's a loaded question. Why? You don't have to do that. Well, you know, I, 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 and, and this is a conversation that I can't remember who it was just within the last week where it was basically like, you have if you have information, if you have jewels and you don't share them, that's that's a useless life. You know, so the different things that I have experienced is the information that I have. If I don't share them with someone who is eager to learn, like I, I live a purpose, I, I have a purposeless, purposeless life. You know what I mean? I, and, and it's not, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not, the blessing that I was given, I'm not appreciating that blessing. You know, um, I just, it's cool because you never know who that comic might be one day. Just for instance, the comic that I was telling you that I mentored, this dude has like, uh, shoot, maybe like 10 million followers on his Instagram now. I mean, he's killing it, you know, and he, I can call him at any given time. Hey, man, I got you, man. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, big brother. Yeah. Whatever you want me to do, you know. And it's just, and you don't do things because you want to, you know, get something in return. It's just, it's just. I just treat everybody the same because that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, I always tell the story, man. Like, I I remember when I was living in L.A. and I was playing flag football with Kevin Hart and JB Smooth and and Shamal Moore and you know and now you guys. Right? Kevin was uh, a kicker. Kevin Hart was Kevin's a Kevin's a little fast, dude. Speaking <laughs> of the Eagles, you know, he's from Philly, so he wear a Deuce Daly, a Deuce Daly jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a fast little son of a... He was, uh, yeah, he would run. Yeah, he, he was like... You know what's funny? Like I that. say that? He's jacked, man. That guy will whoop my ass. I'm totally... Yeah. Cool, I get yeah. it. Well, it'd be a fair fight. You guys, like, you know, it's like rocking... Well, arm like robots. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I totally pay money to see that fight. Yeah, exactly. if, we can, if we can hashtag, you know, King versus Hart, whatever we got to oh, do. Listen right? to the name right there. Listen to, <laughs> listen to the, here comes the champ. That's right, King right? versus Hart. Oh, it's like, and you can, and we can set the, we can set the tone to be like playing cards. King versus Hart. Oh man. Oh, look and, at this. And right. multiple events, so there's Roman numerals after it for the yes. rematch and the rematch after. Oh man, we're on the exactly. I'm all in, guys. I'm the all live in. rocket sock em, roll right. live rock em, sock em. <laughs> <laughs> Lifelike, not even yeah, exactly. as you see in like Dave and Buster's regular right. table, be <laughs> the table version. Uh, that is really funny, man. Uh, well, man, I think you're the best. What do you have? What do you got coming up? Anything for New Year's? Like, what? What's your? What are you? What's your plans? What you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Myrtle Beach for New Year's. Uh, Greenville this week. Greenville, South Carolina, at the Comedy Zone. I'm in Myrtle Beach at the uh, Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach, and uh, yeah, and I'm just going into 2021, man, with a new agenda, a new attitude. Um, I'm listening to Rosetta Stone at night, so I'm going to do my whole show in Spanish by 2023 because <laughs> it's going to take me a year to learn Spanish. Honestly, you know, the funniest thing, like, like I, I, it's, it's the dumb stuff that they, we do without time now. So some <laughs> nights, some nights I use the evening to, uh, I, I use the, the uh, rain and thunder to go to sleep and it works so greatly. I mean, within a second I'm asleep. And uh, but now I've been using and you can look this up on YouTube. This is actually something that they have <laughs> Learn Spanish while you sleep. Come on. I swear it's 10 hours. Of, <laughs> hola. I woke up one morning. I felt I sound like Dora Explorer. I was like, hola. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> wow. I, I looked at my readers looked at me and said swiper. No swiping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's awesome i, I cannot look wait it to up the spanish language sean jones this is amazing yeah. man well what's the best way for people to find you they're like i want to learn more about sean jones because we get about 10 million people that, that listen to the comedy zone podcast so you got a big cool. reach well How you can find you? me you can find me in the unemployment line or in the yeah. food line there's a uh, lot of people there so yeah i know right <laughs> but no uh, I'm on social media. Uh, my name on Instagram and Twitter, um, which I don't use Twitter that much, but Instagram is comic Sean Jones, S-H-A-U, not W, because 
I'm broke and I only can afford one loop on the W. So I just S-H-A-U-N, Comic Sean Jones. On Insta, uh, Facebook, um, I have a couple of different pages, but I think the one that you can find me easiest is Comedian Sean Jones, which is S-H-A-U-N. Uh, I don't have a website. Uh, it, I, I did have one. And um, I because just... COVID. I, huh? Well, COVID. Yeah, I just didn't. Uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't doing anything. But I'm going to rebuild it. I'm going to have one, and uh, so that's where they can find me mostly, Excellent. and hopefully in the club uh, near everybody real soon. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm thrilled for Myrtle Beach. They get you on New Year's to send out this dumpster fire 2020, <laughs> bring in 2021 with uh, yes. honestly just one of the best humans and comedians that, that I've had the pleasure of knowing work with. I mean that, man. I think you're just a Thank good you, man. dude. And just, you treat people uh, really Thank well. And, and thanks so much for coming on the Comedy Zone podcast, man. I'm man, gonna- I, I'm, you know, I, I really love being on here with you, man, because like I said, you're not only a, a co-worker, a comedian friend, but you're a true friend. You're, you're my friend outside the business, even when you take me to a cold-ass restaurant. To eat. <laughs> you're, my, you're my homie. You're my homie. Man. I, appreciate I appreciate it. it and say Brian's name. last name one more time. Ryan Baltashevitz. Man, is. I tell you, that's what Red Fox used to drink on Sanford. <laughs> I think you're right. That, oh, it was Manashevitz. It was your cousin, Manashevitz. That's right. That's right. And the, yeah. the Sham Pipple. Man, <laughs> I knew you had some brother in you there. Yeah, Brian. right. Yes. It's there. there. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to see the Rocket Sock, Rock'em Sock'em Robot that's uh, right. live version. Heart versus King. Heart Woo-hoo. versus King, man. That it makes my nipples hard every time I hear it. That tells itself. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it does. It does yeah, for we sure. We need All to right. manufacture a feud, some sort of online feud. Yeah, we got to. We got to do something. That's right. Yeah, got, that has to happen. Uh, I'll, I'll look at. It. I'm gonna get into his business. Uh, uh, well listen everybody thanks for listening we will see you again next week one more what we have one more show before the new year brian well well no next week will be christmas and then we'll do a show or maybe we'll do best i don't know sure one more show all right we learned learned nothing there at all but we're glad you guys listened today uh and uh ah, yeah be safe out there guys vaccines on its way so uh keep your head down stay low and, and and go consume as much comedy as possible so long everybody Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 